Hello, I'm Dan Mullins. This week's podcast is something a little different. I delivered an address to the Oz Camino Festival in the Blue Mountains last weekend. I woke up early Saturday morning and drove the 90 minutes directly west of Sydney to a place called Blackheath. This is picturesque country, a tourist haven, a must-see if you head to this part of the world. And the Oz Camino Festival is hosted by Margaret and Rowan Boutel. Three days of Camino people getting together down under and people sharing advice, experience and coming together to share what it means to be a pilgrim. Now I have to concede that I took a small digital recorder with me and recorded my speech, but all I could hear is the wind blowing through the door across the microphone. So driving back to Sydney later on my way back to to a packed gig at the Panania Hotel, a pub in Sydney's western suburbs, I realised, listening to the recording, in the interests of providing quality audio for my podcasts, I couldn't publish the audio from the weekend. So, I'll read it here for you this week, and if you'll indulge me, I'll read the 5,000 words I wrote for the Oz Camino Festival in the Blue Mountains last Saturday, because my subject was... Your Camino starts when you reach Santiago. So a little bit about myself to start with. I'm a 51-year-old father of three and grandfather of two. My day job is as producer of the Alan Jones Breakfast Show at 2GB in Sydney, Australia, the number one show in Australia. I've been with Alan for almost 15 years. I also present a weekly segment called The Bush Telegraph, going out to about 77 radio stations Australia-wide. It's 8.20 Tuesday mornings, Sydney time, if you're interested. I travel often, reporting back to Alan from around the country and the world. I've filed from all over Australia, from the Gulf country to the southwest of Western Australia, from the Alice, from Tasmania, and from Uluru. One of my favourite stories is spending a very late night and early morning in Fred Brophy's boxing tent in Mount Isa, with Alan Jones, Bob Catter, and Pauline Hanson. It's a tale for another day, perhaps. To those of you overseas, the three names I just mentioned are up there with the most controversial political figures in our country. It was an amazing and interesting night. I've reported internationally from China, the UK, from Europe. Indeed, it was my voice from the Palace of Westminster, the foot of Big Ben in London, ringing out 11 bells, marking the centenary of the outbreak of World War I in 2016. It was broadcast on radio stations right across Australia. So I suppose it's fair to say I've had a pretty good run. I also, as you know, host a weekly podcast about the Camino de Santiago, my Camino, the podcast. And you are sharing in that journey right now. Tens of thousands do so each week. Over the past 60 weeks, I've spoken to young pilgrims, older pilgrims, people who have walked as a couple, people who met on the Camino to become a couple, pilgrims who walked with their fathers, their mothers, their sons, their daughters and people who have walked alone. They all tell a very different story. It may be their motivation, their discovery, their personal journey through pain, or their personal journey of the spirit. Because everyone is different. And so it is with the process of processing what the Camino means to you. Your Camino starts when you reach Santiago. In terms of the Camino, 
I walked from Sahun to Santiago in August 2016, a gift from my family to mark my 50th birthday. In fact, I arrived in Santiago on the day of my 50th. And I walked last year, 2017, 1,000 kilometres from Lourdes in France to Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port and along the Camino Frances to Santiago, arriving October 4. It was a long walk. It was also a very, very rewarding experience. Your Camino begins when you reach Santiago. As part of my podcast, I interviewed the American actress Ginny Bartolone last year. Ginny wrote an article on her blog, delightfully titled, Maybe There Will Be Cupcakes. Ginny, also a two-time pilgrim, wrote about her journey. When I returned, my expected post-Camino crash kicked into action. The same thing happened after I returned in 2009. It's a bit like working on a play and dealing with the indescribable loneliness in the few days after the production closes. She wrote, Your temporary family parts ways, and though you promise to reunite as often as possible, you know deep down it will never be the same. Life goes on separately. So take a, let's take a step back. I dragged out my Camino diary last week, and it shed some light on why your Camino begins when you get to Santiago. Under day 32, O Sobrero to Samos, I wrote, Walking today in total euphoria, magic scenery and Galicia starts to emerge before us. There's a theory. There are three stages to the Camino. First you walk to emerge, then you find space on the meseta, and into Galicia you unwind completely. I wrote, at times I feel the tribe unraveling, then it comes together. The year before, I'd walked into Zahun, and I was back to where I'd begun, and my head was spinning. I wrote, I'm happy to be back in familiar places, but sad to lose the first 650 k's of new discoveries. The people and the places... We move on to Galicia, souls dancing like flames. Elsewhere, I wrote, our tribe moves across the plains like an accordion. We move together and apart, coming together in the afternoon in tune. And another entry. Magic now, sitting in the streets under ancient buildings, cold beers and wonderful company. Who could ask for more? I learned a lot today and shared a lot. Much giving and sharing between pilgrims is one of the joys of the Camino de Santiago. So Ginny Bartolome was right when she said your temporary family parts ways and though you promise to reunite as often as possible, you know deep down it will never be the same. Life goes on separately. And here's the thing. You walk the Camino together alone. And it resonates with you when you get home because your Camino begins when you reach Santiago. You have to be a very good listener to be a good pilgrim. You never really grow unless you are prepared to listen, and you'll hear more when you listen. Not just from pilgrims, but also from Spain. Birdsong, cowbells, the crunching of gravel under your feet, laughter, conversation, encouragement, and most importantly, love. Your temporary family. I walked with seven other pilgrims, one of whom I went to school with as a boy. Brett Crosby and I travelled to Europe together and walked mostly apart, joining one another each night at the albergue. It was a wonderful experience for both of us. I walked also with an Irish girl, Ruth, a fiercely proud Welshman, Lee, Jasper from Denmark, Lenny from Italy, Matthew from London, and Igor, the Basque Terrier from Bilbao. 
We shared stories and songs day after day and night after night. And when you're walking with someone, staying in the same places, sharing meals and washing your clothes together, you inevitably develop a very fierce friendship very quickly. It's often called, as many of you know, your Camino family. And while others may come and go as part of what I called our Camino tribe, a much wider group of people, my Camino family felt as one. And I arrived in Santiago de Compostela alongside all seven of my Camino family. I knew, having been there before, people sometimes are underwhelmed by what they discover in Santiago. I was more relieved than anything. I knew there was no more walking to do and I would get home to Sydney to see my wife and family. But the feeling of what was about to come was also there, lingering. I knew I had to face what happens when you finish because your Camino begins when you reach Santiago. So let me tell you my story. In 2016, when I arrived home in the wake of my Camino, my first Camino, I was much thinner, more patient and certainly more circumspect. And I found myself not concerned with traffic. I mean, what's, what could I do about it? I knew that I always had time to deal with the things that I never had time to deal with before, with lines in the supermarket. I love telling people I have all the time in the world. I sought a mindfulness when I returned home, so I do yoga all the time now, and it has worked tremendously. But I wanted more. I wanted to talk to people about the Camino, to keep the dialogue happening, to keep the dream alive. But few people share your enthusiasm. People want to hear the odd story, but few realize when you've walked hundreds or thousands of kilometers across Europe, you have a story for every day, sometimes a story for morning, afternoon and evening. So that's why I started my Camino, the podcast. And there are still so many stories to tell. So if you'll indulge me, as I said, I walked from L'Hospital Saint-Blaise to saint just in France, about 33 kilometers. It rained and rained. I had mud up to my shins. I was carrying, as you know, a guitar on my back. I couldn't afford to fall back, so I had to make sure I stayed upright no matter what. There were three different types of mud. Up to your shins mud. Mud that meant you slid wherever your foot hit the ground. And mud that wasn't actually mud, but was left behind by cows. So I had to walk tentatively for 33 k's. When I finally reached the roadway, I was just so relieved. I knew there were beds in St. Eustabert, and the woman who ran the little jeet there, the French equivalent of the Spanish albergue, was well known for taking care of pilgrims. Unfortunately, I walked six kilometers past the town. Yeah, I missed it. And I had to walk back. So 33 kilometers, do the math as they say in the US, 33 plus 6 plus 6 to get back. I walked a total of 45 kilometers. I arrived in St. Eustabert and knocked on the door of the woman known for taking care of pilgrims and she said, no, we are full, nothing here. So I was stranded, wet, exhausted, nowhere to stay and certainly no energy to walk on. I thought I'd just stay in the local bus shelter. And I saw a shell on a fence of a house in the centre of town just by the church. The shell is the pilgrim's symbol. So I thought, what's the worst that can happen? And I knocked on the door. I was greeted by a bear of a man. I learned was Raymond. He said, where are you from? I said, Australia. <laughs> he said, Australia? Why are you here? He said, I said, I need somewhere to sleep. 
He looked at me through the fly screen of his house and opened it slowly and said, Okay, you come, Australia. Sit. He poured me coffee in his French provincial kitchen. The coffee was like molasses. He rolled me a cigarette, and even though I'd given up smoking in 1987, it was the best cigarette I'd ever smoked. Then he explained he was a mountain man, a Basque man. Not French, not Spanish, Basque. So over the course of the next three hours, over many coffees and eventually local red wines, I learned the Basque culture and why it is so important to them. We shared a wonderful Basque meal, even more Basque wine, and he and his beautiful wife, Anna, sent me off the following morning with a pack of food, love, and best wishes. It's just one story on one day of 40 days and 40 nights. I walked in my September-October 2017 Camino. I carried my guitar on my back for those thousand Ks, and I showed guests at the Blue Mountains at the weekend Raymond's stamp, a gold tortoise, on my guitar. I said, why a tortoise? He said, slowly but surely we will beat the French and beat the Spanish to be Basque in our own right. He will never give up. Now, in hindsight, writing this presentation, there's also an element of truth in your Camino begins when you reach Santiago. Be the tortoise. You will get there. I stamped the guitar at every town I played at over the course of last year's Camino. I didn't get a chance, unfortunately, to play for Raymond. may have had something to do with the red wine, but that's another story for another day. Before I headed off on my 1,000-kilometre pilgrimage last year, I was interviewed by the Australian filmmaker, blogger, author and pilgrim, Bill Bennett. Bill asked me if I was walking to be a genuine pilgrim, and I was kind of surprised by the question, and there's a reason why. Many people walk the Camino for different reasons, for closure after a loss in their life, for adventure, because the best way to experience adventure is to be adventurous, for peace, or perhaps to challenge themselves. But after speaking to dozens of pilgrims on the trail and after interviewing 60 people or more for my podcast, the reason most people walk is to find themselves. And Bill's question surprised me because it made me question my motivation. To be honest, I was just going to have a good time. But I knew something deeper was happening. I had felt it in 2016. And it was this energy calling me back. And many of you are in the process of heading back. You know what I'm talking about. If you're thinking of walking the Camino, I hope you're prepared to open yourself that all it has to offer. And it has much to offer. Perhaps that's why I was trying to prove to myself I was a genuine pilgrim. So how does that resonate with the point of my talk? Your Camino begins when you reach Santiago. Well, it's simple. A pilgrim learns to understand you don't need all the baggage we carry in life. We don't need regrets. We don't need anger. We don't need turmoil. We're seeking clarity. In fact, we're often seeking something we can't quite identify. So discarding the emotional baggage is easier th said than done. Lou Dregley, one of my guests on the podcast, said recently, leave the heavy stuff behind in life and on the Camino. When I walked my first Camino in 2016, I walked alone. I didn't engage much with others because I was on a mission. I decided I would dedicate each day to a five-year period of my life. So day one was years one to five. Obviously, I didn't remember much. Years five to ten, perhaps a bit more. Ten to fifteen on day three, I was starting to remember things I wanted or needed to deal with. 
and I ended up, in a sense, tormenting myself for the rest of the trip. I thought of everything that needed dealing with for the first 50 years of my life. No regrets, conflicts, no sadness, no failed ambitions, no failed opportunities, and I left it all behind. But I also left behind the opportunity to experience the wonders of the company of the Camino, other pilgrims. I spent many nights on my own. I didn't engage with other pilgrims other than on the trail during the day. I was perhaps almost conducting a form of life's penance. Indeed, when I returned the following year and walked through some of the places I had dumped my emotional baggage, it was there waiting for me again, waiting for me to pick it up. And I did. My little brother Ben died ten years before, and it broke my heart. And I wanted to use the Camino in 2016 as a method of cleansing, of giving Ben a chance to set me free. I did so outside O Podrezo, but when I arrived back the following year and realized where I was, it was overwhelming. The grief, the anger, the regret, it all came back to me. And I carried it for a few days and felt the weight around my neck, and then I cast it aside again. I kind of like the fact that I've placed my grief on the Camino. I know it's safe and sound with the hundreds of thousands of pilgrims who walk by it each year. It is at peace. So as part of my return in 2017, after everything I'd been through in 2016, it was all about experiencing the best the Camino had to offer. And I carried the guitar on my back and had a policy that whenever anybody asked me to sing for them, I would. I sang in old churches, in ruins, in pubs, in town squares, for pilgrims' birthdays, for their renewal, for their, well, everything. And it set me free, as a pilgrim, as a man, as a human. So to 2017, and I want you to remember the theme of my talk, Your Camino Begins Where You Reach Santiago. I mentioned I walked in 2016 from Sahun to Santiago, arriving on my 50th birthday. And as it was a journey of discarding regrets and enemies and faults and mistakes, a bit, if you like, at a fresh start. I spent most of the three weeks looking downward and inward. In 2017, I was determined to look up, to look back, and to look forward. It was because I'd realized in 2016, my Camino began after I reached Santiago, because I had found a life, a future. So here I was, walking alone in 2017 between Burgos and Hontanas, a journey of about 33 kilometres, one particularly steep climb about halfway through the day, just outside Jonios del Camino. My journal notes of the day say, finally on the meseta, it feels like home. Our Camino tribe moves as one across the plains. It is breathtakingly beautiful. The energy is electric. You can feel the juju. We are experiencing all the joys of the pilgrimage and loving it. A new song emerges. Somewhere along the way, I hope you find what you're looking for. Walking to Hontanas, you're pretty high up, up across the top of the plains and you're heading to the edge of the meseta and I was walking by myself, carrying my small parlor guitar and walking with poles. The gravel underfoot was crunching in time with the rhythm of the poles kind of had a metronomic effect in a way. I can still hear it today. And I often sing while I walk. I'm a musician by trade and still play at least once or twice a week in hotels and clubs and bars. So I sing while I walk. Old songs. I sort of sing crooning versions of songs. The solitude of the Camino almost draws the voice out of you. 
So I started to sing this song. Somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way, I hope you find what you're looking for. Somewhere along the way. I remember thinking, whose song is that? What song is that? Again, yep. Somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way, I hope you find what you're looking for. Somewhere along the way. Again, what song is that? And then the lyrics started to come to me. El Camino Roses, Santo Domingo Crows. Believe you can, you're halfway there, seven bells to four. So now I was beginning to concentrate. I was intrigued. What was this song? Where is it coming from? More lyrics. Frighten off the horses. An old soul awakes. A lion's heart. An opening heart. A soul as old as slate. The chorus then sat nicely somewhere along the way. Somewhere along the way. I hope you find what you're looking for. Somewhere along the way. Another verse emerged in my head. Cellos on the soundboard, stamps on the guitar. Beneath a field of stars, La Familia growing, crossing fields afar. Will you walk beside me? Will you lead the way? Footsteps by the fountain, carry me away. And again the chorus, somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way. I hope you find what you're looking for. Somewhere along the way. I even wrote a little bridge. How will I ever forget the Spanish sunrise, the Spanish sunset? Then a final verse. El peregrino cantante, the singing pilgrim. Fullness of the moon. Prayers beneath the arches. Sunflowers in bloom. Words on parchment paper. Fill an empty room. I hope this blessing, such as it is, finds you in full bloom. So here I was on the Camino with a song in my head, a song that I loved, and I wasn't sure if I would remember it, whether I'd written it, was I dreaming it? It was bizarre. It had never happened to me before. I sang it over and over, and the lyrics were there each time, word for word. So I challenged myself to forget it, to let it go. I sang John Denver's Annie song. I'm out on the Masetta in the middle of nowhere, nobody for miles and miles around, and I'm singing, You fill up my senses like a night in a forest. A word, every word of the song, John Denver's song, I sang it. Then I waited. Bang. There it was in my head. El Camino Roses, Santo Domingo Crows. Believe you can, you're halfway there. Seven bells to four. Unbelievable. I arrived in Hontanas about an hour later, and I promised myself before I left Sydney for Spain I would play from my play my guitar and sing every time someone asked me. As I walked into the town that afternoon, there was an albergue on the outskirts of town with a manicured garden, umbrellas and sun lounges. And a group of cyclists were sitting in the sun drinking beers. They called out to me, and this is about one thirty in the afternoon, I guess. Hey, Peregrino, con la gatiara, sing for us, sing for us. Oh, I remember thinking, oh, no, really? I said, okay. So I walked back into the garden, sat down and unpacked my guitar, and they brought me a beer and I started to play. I was playing Tom Petty songs, would you believe? And little did I know that just a few days later, he would die. 
They explained they were sitting out the afternoon. There were six of them. A seventh had broken his collarbone in an accident and had been ferried off to Burgos Hospital. They were sitting tight with his bike and bag until they worked out what to do with them. So they were punching beers to help pass the time. They were all professional golfers, would you believe, on a Camino. They'd known each other since they were boys. Anyway, I stayed with them for about half an hour and then left to find somewhere to stay for the night. I'd almost forgotten about the song. When I did think about it again, I was sure I would have forgotten it. I checked into my albergue, I had a shower, washed my clothes and grabbed my guitar before heading to the local cafe. Ordered a beer and asked if they had any paper. All they had was a paper placemat, like a napkin. So I grabbed my pen and thought, well, let's see if I can remember any of it. I wrote out every word just as I'd sung it on the trail earlier that day, word for word. I changed fullness of you soon for fullness of the moon. Here's the rub. I didn't actually play the song. I didn't pick up the guitar and play it. I just knew how it went and knew how to play it. I folded up the paper and put it in my pocket. Later that night, at a great dinner at an albergue to farewell our British brother Gary, I sang a couple of songs to wish him well. I sang You've Got a Friend by Carol King, Bridge Over Troubled Water by Simon and Garfunkel. Then I asked if anyone would mind if I sang a song I'd written that day. And everyone in the Blue Mountains for the Camino Festival said the same thing. Everyone said, go for it. I sang this song, I'm Here in My Lounge Room. Sun 
flowers in bloom Words on parchment paper Filling empty room I hope this blessing such as it is Finds you in full bloom Somewhere along the way Somewhere along to respectfully ask that you don't you can share the podcast but don't steal the song and download it please it'll be released in mid-may i've recorded it with a full band here in australia it sounds absolutely huge Uh, i'm actually heading back to spain in a couple of weeks time to shoot the video for the song so please please can i ask don't steal the song don't download it and share it just wait till May and you'll hear the best version ever. That's just me in my lounge room. That wouldn't be really fair to, to share. So back to the task at hand. And this is not about me. This is about you, pilgrims. Your Camino starts when you reach Santiago. There's a euphoria when you walk the Camino, the spirit of the walk, the spirit of the Camino. Are you open to it? Are you prepared to be prepared to accept it? I'm walking a Camino every day. It has engulfed me, enriched me, empowered me, and energized me. And I can't help thinking walking the Camino is the opportunity to grow. Arriving in Santiago is the gold ticket to the rest of your life. I've interviewed people who have stepped outside their comfort zone, have reached unbelievable goals, have outgrown themselves, and in some cases surprised themselves by what they were able to achieve. Not on the Camino, but once they've returned home to their everyday lives. Because your Camino starts when you reach Santiago. Because you've been an achiever. Maybe you've set yourself a goal and reached it. Or maybe you didn't, but you gave it a red-hot go. Because you stepped outside your comfort zone and decided to throw away all the preconceived conceptions you have of your own ability. Or maybe what your friends and family believed you were capable of. You prove to yourself you have more to give, more to live, more to share. You prove to yourself you have an ability to grow, to live, to love, to be someone you never thought you could be. Someone who's prepared to listen, to accept and to be quietly the person we all hope to be. A pilgrim on the Camino and in life. Your Camino begins when you get to Santiago. I hope you find what you're looking for somewhere along the way. Thanks for listening this week. I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino.